So yeah, dear diary. Dear diary. Dear diary. Dear diary. Hello there. Diary. Entry. Dear diary. I just feel like I need to go through from this out of my head. Today I had a bit of fuck up. Really lucky to be here, actually. Well, I started with 35. Obviously, my gambling urges do come when I'm bored and when I've got no money. It's almost as if I knew I was going to lose it all. It's not subterfuge, but it's definitely up there. I'm really struggling. Everyone knows my previous with regards to the casino. Bush Cheney's, what's that going to cost me? 150 Diary. The date today is Wednesday, the 6th of January, 2021. It's time to look forward to the new year. What a whirlwind of an ending to 2020. Christmas, my 24th birthday and New Year's all spent in isolation because of the coronavirus. Very surreal. And the final episode, I felt, has been a bit subdued as a result of that. I've put it off until now. And reaching 850 days, 853 actually, today, um, to be precise, it's a crazy milestone that, looking back at the earlier diary entries, I am miles away from that person, yet it's so significant, and it's made me appreciate life and what's going on in my world just a little bit more especially with everything going on I had a very crazy sort of Christmas and New Year and birthday because yeah I was in isolation my little brother caught Covid it meant that I've spent a lot a lot of time watching the darts the William Hill World Darts Championship Sky Cinema I've got Harry Potter on <laughs> My middle name's James, so I'm, I'm basically Potter. <laughs> and, yeah, my football team, Manchester United, are in... Can I, is it too early to say a title race? I don't know. So, yeah, it's all been very subdued, whirlwind of emotions. But we've got there. Episode 6. Absolutely immense. <laughs> absolutely mental to think that I've got here without those mental lapses of concentration of you know having this thought that if I do take my eye off the ball and fall back that it could all go sour again and I've not done that and so yeah it has made it 
all worthwhile. I do compare though. I do find myself comparing. People have done amazing things this year. I mean, Marcus Rashford, for example. Thank you, Marcus, for being just phenomenal on the pitch and obviously off the pitch as well. But you know, he's, he's, what, 23 years old? He's got an MBE. Probably going to be knighted soon. And he's been able to pay back those closest to him. And I just want to do the same now. I've been lucky enough to live at home during this coronavirus pandemic uh, and I want to pay back now I want to pay back those people in my life that have looked out for me that have supported me so the next step is 100% to get this podcast edited and then yeah go on that job hunt get the dream career and just go for it but of course I have to be wary that, you know, this never leaves you. And this gambling addiction is just around the corner. Um, I mean, I look at all the things I've done in my life that's led me to this point, And I could have had that economics degree. And Marcus Rashford's got an honorary degree from Manchester University. It was just not meant to be. I, I do compare. I do compare. And you know, I also ask myself things like, oh, am I still on that right path? You know, like, am I still almost going towards the top of the mountain? Or is there something else in the background that's just letting my life slowly but surely spiral out of control? This sort of mystery, this greater power at play that has the answers for everybody of course I can't control those things they're just out of my hands and so it is a constant sort of balancing act how how much can I do and and what can I sort of not change going back to this for any prayer I suppose but I have been doing a bit of reading and I have been trying to learn about the current situation and and gambling and you know I have to be honest that actually putting out this episode has been really quite hard for me um, because I've been able to sign off the other diary entries those times in my life from those dark places after each episode has been sort of edited and gone over but I can't sign off this part of my life because it will always be with me and so how I put together this final episode and how I sort of portray myself in it you know I've been thinking about like that and how I do make it congruent with that I mean honestly I have struggled to stay on track this festive period 
I mean, yeah, there is a bit of a festive overlap, and you know, I have I've slowly but surely started to see my room get a, a perhaps a bit more, you know, t- 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 less tidy rather, and I, I've been running a lot, but then that all sort of came to a bit of an end, and I, you know, I got a bit, of it, I got injured, so it, it it's all been very sort of topsy turvy, and I just want to. get back on track and just show that you know there is still this desire to do more and go for it I mean what a year 2020 had been 2020 was without question of a doubt a crazy year for everybody I had a very lucky sort of opportunity to go traveling I mean I start the year I was working in a warehouse um, for Morrison's, um, you know, picking and putting all the tangerines and nectarines in the uh, in, in, in baskets, and that was crazy. Saved up money, saved up enough money, and then popped over to Asia um, and had an absolutely splendid time. And obviously got repatriated back home. And you know, I, w- I wouldn't be ungrateful to say that that unscripted part of the year that meant I'd be repatriated back home on a flight put on by the French Embassy from the capital city of Laos, Vientiane, passing Mount Everest and the Eiffel Tower in the same flight was absolutely... Yeah, I, I, will, I will always remember that. And I've had the chance to go to Spain this year as well. Oh, sorry, last year. And and Turkey. So I've really travelled a lot more than <laughs> a lot of people. And I'm very wary of that and very lucky and humbled that I've had those opportunities to do that. But then, unlike a lot of other people, I haven't been able to accumulate any wealth. Like, a lot of people have been paid, a lot of people have been um, put on furlough and things like that. And it's been very hard for a lot of people. And I am find myself in an extremely lucky situation where I've not been held to earn an income, regular income, but still survive. And I suppose the next step for 2021, yes, would be to find a job, as I mentioned, but also I'm excited now to look at how I do build a new life and and build get the building box in place and earn the money. and, and, And it's a lot easier to not lose money when you don't have money. So... I think that I've been very sort of focused and been able to refrain from gambling because, yeah, I've not had that disposable income. Um, So, yeah, there are still tests to come, but I feel like I'm in a much more uh, sort of battle-hardened place now. So, yeah, I'm ready for it. Bring it on. Let's have it. (laughs) Let's absolutely have it. Oh, microphone stand. But going back to what I was saying about how 2020 was a crazy year and this all started, this whole gambling journey for me started in 2015, just after results day. I remember it for the rest of my life. Uh, I sort of touched upon it in the first episode. I, at 18, felt like I was able to do a, 30 pound deposit and win 
over a thousand pounds in in one night and would that have been almost on my mind if it wasn't for these adverts on tv before during and after all of the games this like normalization of gambling and its role in our society does it enhance social situations does it make people more interested in sport when perhaps they weren't even thinking about sport oh yeah i'll just watch this league two team because i've got a five pound bet on it like is that a beneficial thing i mean i read on the uh cleanupgambling.com page which i'd definitely recommend to check out if you are curious to learn a bit more about like what are the laws in place and like i, I mean my, myself at 18 2015 would not have been wary and like uh conscious of those sort of external factors this this unknown power that perhaps was sort of driving my subconscious without me even realizing so it is interesting and i i, I looked at the cleanup gambling page and i found that i think it was around something something scary oh, i should know this um but it's something scary about like 70 percent i think of 11 to 17 year olds were able to recognize and name eight or more betting shop companies just as a result from like looking at their logos which is a scary amount of the the youth they they're not even they can't even gamble but yet they still are fully fully aware of the betting shops that are available and that's crazy that's crazy um you know you don't see like adverts for i mean still see adverts for drinking and things like that i just think that that subconscious almost advertising it's advertisement isn't it it just sort of is able to resonate this image this portray this powerful um emotive thing to these young people and that's that's crazy so obviously what if like we lived in a world where you weren't plagued with gambling adverts all the time but actually you were confronted with say like martin lewis money saving tips i mean that, that would make the world a better place for everybody surely i do i do think about that um but then it's like that lyric isn't it from kate tempest like just a product of product placement and manipulation is that is that all we are like i i just want to live my life i I always have done and like i'm i'm living it now through this diary entry i suppose and everything that i've done in my life up to now has led me to this and everything that i had done in my life that had led me up to the lowest low point in my world the 8th of august 2018 that diary entry almost like encapsulated all of that and took me to that place and question what really made me sort of go there is is crazy i mean what is it 93 percent of all cancers are caused from not all cancers i think more cancers are 
um you know some obviously some heredi- more hereditary more, more likely to be hereditary but i think overall i think it's something like 93 percent of all cancers are caused from environmental factors so how much am i to blame for this gambling disease like <laughs> developing it i mean does that count as the same sort of group I, I, I don't know does it make me more, more vulnerable like who knows um so yeah where do i find myself now on wednesday the 6th of january after numerous failed attempts at trying to get into the right mind frame of recording this because it has been a very whirlwind uh, whirlwind of a just a bizarre yeah i mean i it's my little brother's birthday or was my little brother's birthday on the 9th of uh, june last year and he was 21 we had a lockdown birthday for him and i honestly thought that my birthday would come at a time where we've out of it you know we've, we're out of this and um i'll be able to really almost have this big elation this big uh rejoice almost but on the 30th of december it wasn't to be i mean it, we uh, obviously i mean it was tier four then and, and now we're in a national lockdown again so ah <sighs> all very subdued and hmm, you know one of those <laughs> But we'll get through it, because we will. We'll go there. I find myself now, in 2021, with the world still at my fingertips, support just a call away. I could go to begamblerware.org, Gamblers Anonymous meetings, thefix.com. I'm not a woman, but I know that like supporting women after gambling is great. Gamstop UK, The Big Step, uh, what ARA gambling service in Wales? All these, like obviously you've got Samaritans, you've got Calm, um, these great charities doing amazing work for a lot of people, and yet I still find self-guidance talking to myself, doing a audio diary. Is there such thing as an independent thought? <laughs> Reaching the two-year milestone of gambling, free time, indicates where I've been focusing my attention. And yeah, it's been up and down. I mean, I remember setting deposit limits and going to counselling, driving to counselling sessions in Ellesmere Port and seeing the high street just full of Coral Ladbrokes you name it, all of the shops were there and me at aged, what, 2016 that was, I'd never never even stepped foot in a shop and yet I was going to the community centre down the road and that's you know, I was going for help and so What a crazy, crazy world. Crazy, crazy world we live in. What a brute, just a beautiful world as well, though. I mean, I've gone from, like, Delamere, Forest, and Cardiff, London, Elstree and Bournemouth, gone to Asia, you know, just like, I've been to Spain, Turkey, 
and there's so much more there's so much more to see there's so much more to do and i just can't wait for them so yeah thank you for listening to this this is the diary entry it's wednesday the 6th of january 2021 and if i can do it you can do it too this following diary entry that i am about to show you is from the 10th of september now it's from a time two days after my two-year milestone and i hadn't done any podcast yet and i was just sort of coming to the realization that okay no like i'm think i'm in a bit of a position to do this now so i hope you enjoy it and this is it this following diary entry and last diary entry of this series was taken it's it's a diary entry that was an advert i can't i can't change it <laughs> um i was just listening to a bit of just just i was those songs i listened to there that was um first man by raffi bushman uh rob godfrey where did you sleep last night uh what was what's the other song oh yeah colossus by seb Cullerford. and then it was also um your ghost is prettier than you by rob godfrey again rob is the same artist amazing friend that uh did the sound underneath the intro that you've been hearing so yeah what so gifted and seb seb's the same person um that's done some of the techno songs um in uh some of the i think episode uh, two and three um he featured in some of them and yeah rafi bushman also is the uh amazing jazz hip-hop artist uh that i played in episode three uh so yeah though that's what i was listening to just then and yeah sorry this episode is the final episode of this series and so this is the final diary entry and it's from a place where life had taken me the 10th of september 2020 I think I was becoming my own friend. That's what was going on. Anyhow, lots of love and see you later. The Diary of a Gambling Kid Episode 6 Dear Diary Hello. Um, The date's the 10th of September. 2020 bloody hell I I'm speaking into the microphone again and on the 10th of September is a quite a significant date because it's the two year well it's two years plus two days anniversary of the last time that I placed a bet I feel like I'm in a position now to look back and start piecing together this podcast. I can't believe I've 
come to the point where I'm able to reflect on the past and compile diary entries from the past two years and piece them together into this podcast, the future self, as it were. Uh, it's all coming at a time which is obviously pretty crazy in the world. I've uh, been in better financial situations, however, I'm a lot more open-minded towards the future and get this together. I've not done a diary entry in quite a long time. I think the last one was probably in Asia when I was travelling around Asia with uh, Stefania and yeah, what a whirlwind that was. And then we had to get repatriated back home from Laos, which was mental. Uh, I really enjoyed seeing the world. Opening my mind to those experiences is always fantastic. And challenges you. And this has been a challenge. It's, it's not easy to eradicate this thing, this habit knowing that that part of your brain that allows <laughs> the exponential domino effect of just losing control, going wild, learning that you are not in control, there is something else there. The serenity prayer, which I know off by heart now, you know, God grant me the serenity to accept the things that I cannot change the courage to change the things I can and the wisdom to know the difference has run through, it's been the golden thread throughout my recovery period. I'm still recovering now. The plug on my brain that doesn't allow for that type of action also I feel has hindered other things like creative things. Um, not going that one step further with things, taking a step back and realizing, whoa, um, this could lead to this, that could lead to that, and I might not be able to do anything about it. Which having the ability to just stop and look for a moment is it's a skill, it's being wise. Um, but it's always going to be with me and I am happy and grateful that I've learned what I've learned over the past two years, that I'm still able to speak into this microphone, that I've still got my health, you know, God forbid, and that every day is just a journey. Every day you're learning more and more about yourself, about what goes on in your brain. I mean, to even put things into context, I would not even have started even editing a podcast. And I'm going for it. I'm I'm going for it. I have to do it sooner rather than later because I don't want this to be sort of a, that thing that I always put off and do next, you know? It's uh, the same old, oh, I will do this tomorrow. Oh, I will do that tomorrow and not getting it done. Uh, there are a lot of influences. I'm heavily motivated by my friends 
by my attention still, by the surroundings, doing the jobs. I feel like there's a pressure, this constant elephant in the room in my mind, uh, living with people, family, that even speaking like this to a microphone, I feel like, oh God, someone's listening. Or, you know, they've got a cup on the walls and uh, they're listening in to uh, their son's deepest and darkest uh, secrets, which aren't anymore. They're not secrets. It's just me speaking into a microphone, talking about my experience and how I've got to where I am now. I'm really proud of the two year, the two years that I've achieved. I'm moving on with it. Looking back and hearing myself whilst I've been editing these podcast um, entries has been a real eye-opener for me. Uh, That's not the same person. I was in a state where I really was at breaking point, like the lowest of the low in my world. And the fact that I've got to where I am now, I'm not on top of a mountain, don't get me wrong. You know, things still go wrong in my life. I'm still not content. And I think that's good. I think it's good to not be content. But you can't just do everything in one day. The whole two years, I think, is significant for me because it's one day at a time and it's going on with it. You know, I'm unemployed and so there are big things that I need to overcome in that respect. But hearing the news very recently that in the UK they have the most amount of young people that find themselves living a life with no purpose. Across the entire of Europe, the UK is number one. And that's worrying. It's incredibly worrying. During lockdown period, it's scary. Everyone is attracted to their devices, their phones. Let's meet up, let's do things on Zoom. And the real kickstarter for me to sort of get going with this podcast was that obviously, yes, it's coronavirus. Yes, I'm unemployed because of, you know, my own choice. You know, I went traveling and now I'm going to get a job. Oh, phone. Um, But the real kickstarter was my friends were, it's fine. I mean, it's fine. They, They all know about me and and the gambling, and they also know about the podcast, and I've told them about it, and, well, they're very excited to hear it, so I need to bloody get a move on. But they wanted to do a PokerStars tournament, and I felt that that was the real catalyst for me to actually think, no, I, I'm not going to gamble, I'm not going to play poker, and I'm going to start my podcast and get that off the ground, because, yeah, the social aspect is great, but unfortunately I can't do that. I know I can't. And even if it's the lottery ticket again, you know, Euro Millions, 122 million rollover, I can't do that. I know I can't. Because, oh my, I mean, don't get me wrong, I wouldn't, I know the chances are ridiculously slim, but it's, 
it's that mentality of not working for things. It's knowing that I'll just fall into this bloody great big hole again. And I don't want to be there. I've listened to myself from 2018, from the 8th of August all the way through to, you know, the most recent one that I did in Asia and in in March. And it's, even then it's worlds away. Really, I'm just happy with myself. I'm a bit chubbier. I'm on the chubby side. Um, but I'm running every day, nearly. And I just want a bit of a health kick, that's all. Uh, you know, that's probably the only person to come back from Asia <laughs> with a belly, um, which is mental. But, you know, the food's so good. The food is so good. I find myself falling at the wayside I know that some of my friends now who went to university have actually finished university and are getting grad jobs in the civil service and um, you know working in in, in good companies um, and it's it's scary it's frightening I compare I compare myself a lot you know, the foundations need to be built but um the fact that I've chosen this path and this is me, this is my story, this is my life and knowing that everyone goes through their own struggles and they've all had to battle through university and it's not a walk in the park, they've got their own challenges but it's me that's ultimately led to this moment right now and I am where I am but seeing them all progress is a big motivation but also it's a it's a worry. It's um, it's like Ben. You know, you need to do this. You need to do that. They're going to London. They're going to Manchester. They're going away, and it's now my time to progress. And it's it's all happening. It's all go again. The world's not stopped. It never stopped. Crazily, I got a quote that's from the Eric Lamella of all people, the Tottenham Hotspur person, yeah, football player, and he basically said that doing your best gives you peace of mind and that is just so present, so true you know, if you do your best and you work your hardest that you can do, then you've got nothing else no regrets, no lingering negative thoughts just bubbling away in the background you give it your all and you go for it I'm not necessarily on the past, present or future sort of narrative now it's more a case of choosing wisely my next step and really going for it because that's all we have so 10th of September 2020 who knows where I'm going to be talking from next time? Probably a certain room uh, in my garage at my mum's house. Or elsewhere in my own flat across the world. Just got to go for it. And I've gone for it. It's taken two years. I've got here. And I don't want to gamble. There's no urge for me to gamble. I've seen it destroy too many lives 
I've heard too many stories and I know how present it is I'm not even envious of people betting my friends my peers when they're watching a football game with myself and they're putting on a cheeky bet it it doesn't interest me in fact it actually humors me because I know that they're probably losing money um, or not taking at all and it's just being wise I mean don't get me wrong we've all got vices we've all got our expendables our incomes and it's fine people can spend the money where they spend the money um, but that's not why I don't do it the reason why I don't do it is obviously because I can't control it and oh microphone stand yeah but that's it that's my diary entry for now <sighs> crazy just gotta keep on going and I hope everybody enjoys this podcast when I've <sighs> bring it out brought it out rather um, because if I had something like this just a little short snappy hard hitting diary entry uh, to listen to I think I would have perhaps realised a bit earlier a bit sooner and you don't have to listen every week and you don't have to listen all the time or anything like that it's more just hearing firsthand what I've gone through and the, the realisation that actually there's more than one person out there that is going through this and perhaps there are some similarities with what I'm saying and I hope that if you can sort of see those similarities then that helps you think oh shit this is real this is a thing and I don't know what it is but I want to get to the bottom of it and I probably will never get to the bottom of it but it's accepting that and honing in on what you can do and what you can change and listening to this might just be that thing that keeps you on track keeps you in order oh I'm feeling a bit crap a bit shit but that's normal that's okay I'm not where I want to be I'm not where I want to be now but it's just part of the process it's called life it's called living got to make the most of it because who knows what's going to happen I, I could feel, feel terribly ill tomorrow hit by a car I know it's cliched I could have a heart attack who knows but at least we gave it a go and I hope it helps there's still so many more years to go and I can't wait for them so yeah the 10th of September 2020 and my name's Ben Ben Moss who would have thought it eh? that was me then and this is me now the highest income earned in the UK last year was paid to Denise Coates, CBE. She's the CEO of Bet365.com, the online gambling UK-based company. Denise has got an economics degree. Her family wealth is an estimated £6.9 billion. Her salary last year was £323 million. And, well, that's the equivalent of... 11,429 nurses. Hmm. The trajectory of Denise's life since 
the birth of the online casino has been rising. I found myself still wondering, what must it be like to have that level of money? With Denise at the helm of Better365 and the backing from her entrepreneurial father. Her pockets were getting deeper. It was for the taking. Bet365 was one of the first companies to introduce free bets. This saw a large increase in registration numbers. Then, the addition of sporting fixtures far and wide. In play, betting markets, such as the number of corners, number of cards, the next goal scorer, were all introduced. Oh, and also the development of live viewing access. So, you were simultaneously able to bet in the shop and also be in the stands. 18 years old and only a tap of the smartphone app needed to hold my life back. Propaganda, perhaps. <laughs> Your country needs you. Your country allows the perception of gambling to be so deeply ingrained in our society that it's a vehicle to enhance social situations. So, what really made my 18-year-old self take that first step. The only regulations that are in place to this day are from the Gambling Act of 2005. To try and understand the shielding that I had from these adverts, the, I can't say propaganda, the adverts that pop up before every big game, in fact every game, the laws refer to betting in the post more than online. In a time online slot machines have no limits. If fixed terminal betting stations in shops have a £2 maximum bet, where's the defence from the cyber attack on the brain? With higher barriers to stop gambling entering my mind at a young age. I watch football, I watch rugby, I watch darts. You name it, I love it. Does the week after college results 2015 ever happen? If I'm less familiar, that £30 deposit being the gateway from being a vulnerable person to a valuable customer. It makes me wonder if Ray Winstone had a part to play in making me who I am. <laughs> and I look out for glory. There is no glory for a lazy person, no matter how good-looking. The Buddha said that. I mean, where are the adverts for tobacco brands? I mean, you've got to look out for the social smokers, surely. Steps are being taken by the government. As I've been releasing this podcast, the minimum age of buying a lottery ticket did increase from age 16 to 18. And yet, even now, 60% of online betting shop revenues in your country, in the UK, come from 5% of the people. The problem gamblers. In some cases, and in some games, 99% of the revenues are from problem gamblers. Unconsciously or not, I let it in. I am one of these people. I mean, if you had £300 in cash rather than virtually, would I have thought twice about placing any bets? Hmm. Denise Coates, CBE, has a foundation to provide support to those who 
are in need. The foundation is worth an estimated £259.38 million. Is this figure realistic? To deny problem gamblers the access into an addiction? Who knows? Ultimately, I have to be the one responsible though, surely. It was my money, my choice. I start in subtle ways, promising many things. I promise you enjoyment and pleasure beyond your wildest dreams. I deliver guilt and despair, more horrible than your worst nightmare. I promise you power and courage. I give you feelings of powerlessness and hopelessness. I will for you to live in fear always. I promise you many friends. I allow you only isolation. I promise you happiness. I create much sorrow. I will steal from you your dignity, your families, your friends, your children, your homes, your demons, your spirit and your life for love. Freedom and happiness are all impossible to find in my presence. So never underestimate me. I am devious and manipulating. I have no preferences as to who I pick as my victim. Rich or poor, young or old, black or white, yellow or red. I have killed men, women and children. I have no conscience. So if you have met me, always be aware if you think you can beat me. That will be gone from your life. And all will go well again. Never forget that I will always be there, waiting in the dark shadows just around the corner. I am very patient, and will laugh in your face if I can lure you into my evil world of hell on earth. Once again, I am addiction. A ridiculously massive thank you goes to those who have helped me get to this point. A special thank you goes out to Rob Godfrey for his continued support throughout this podcast journey. And thank you for listening and the overwhelming messages that have made this podcast process all worthwhile. In future series, I want to take a deeper look into different recovery techniques and the effects of gambling in our society today. But for now, stay safe. Massive thank you again. You are there. I'm here. As this is the last episode, it would be greatly appreciated if you could like and subscribe, leave a message on Apple Podcasts, or do whatever you can just to spread the word. It would really be fantastic. Even drop a comment or get in touch. The Diary of Gambling Kid Podcast at gmail.com. Also, Facebook and Instagram as well. I have set up a community group chat on Facebook, actually. Just, you know, let me know if there are any topics that you would like to be covered in future episodes. I am quite interested in rehab clinics and their effects on the recovery process. Just because I've never been to one. And so I'd like to broaden my understanding of that. If you are in need of professional help. I have put the links in the description of this episode. I am Ben. I am a podcast enthusiast. I am a comedy lover. I am a keen runner. Oh yeah. I am a compulsive gambler.
I am who I am. What's your story? And remember, one day at a time. Just one day at a time. Addiction is in no rush to get you. This podcast is dedicated on telling you what compulsive gambling is really like in the modern world with weekly diary entries and reflective perspectives. I'm not a psychology expert, trained therapist or even a class clown. I'm a compulsive gambler. I didn't attend counselling sessions and Gamblers Anonymous meetings to learn the recovery programmes. I went to save my life. Reaching my version of rock bottom, started my journey on closing the door on gambling for good. I am blessed to have a solid support network around me, but for many, there is no turning point moment. This podcast says hello to those when others may not. The Diary of a Gambling Kid Episode 6 